Right, our next guest, he's been a recent regular on the program, long-time AFL player manager. He's got a huge amount of experience in sports law. Peter Jess, good morning. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Well, I'm good. Now, now, firstly, this lawsuit, I understand there's mm-hmm. roughly 100 players, uh, mm-hmm. former players who, who are in it. They're suing the AFL, or they want mm-hmm. to. My understanding is, though, I mean, weren't they employed by their respective clubs? Like, if I play for Carlton, it's the Carlton Football mm-hmm. Club that employs me, not the AFL. So how, how can they say this is – how can they sue the AFL then? Basically, um, they have a bipartite um, you know, contract. <clears throat> so on you know, game day, um, the venue provider, which is the AFL, becomes the employer. So um, through the rest of the week, plus on game day, it's a shared responsibility between the club and, you know, the AFL. Okay. But what, what if they get concussed at training, and plenty of people do? So if it's a training mm-hmm. and it's during the week, that's the club responsibility? Yep. Look, one, one of the things um, that we need to understand is that it is a workplace. So primarily it is a little bit different than most because it has uh, multiple employers with multiple responsibilities. Now, during the week, training is always um, in the bailiwick of the club itself. Now, um, what the OH&S Act says is that you have to eliminate where possible or you know, mitigate any of the known risks. So we know the known risk um, you know, currently by far and away is um, clinical and subclinical you know, concussions. So what has happened um, in the States, the University of Cincinnati then did a 10-year review and reduced the incidence of you know, concussion by 80%. And largely that was from stopping um, you know, collision-based training uh, with a specified regime you know, to increase the neck strength to stop the impact of whiplash and then brought in pro-perception training, changed all of the, um, you know, the character of um, dealing with other players that it was, uh, instead of being bravery, it was focused on safety. So there's a whole range of ways that we can actually make it safer. Right. Well, what are some of those? I mean, I mean, you know, we had a debate last week about helmets. Mm-hmm. I spoke to a neuropsychologist. She said she didn't think helmets were a good idea. They didn't really do much for concussion. I mean, are, are we looking at, 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 you know, widespread changes to the rules of the sport, changing tackling, changing high marking, stopping people from backing into packs, that sort of thing? Well, no, look, I mean, really, it, it, it starts with trying to understand the biomechanics of our game. Now, what it means is this is that we know the reason that we have brain damage is because we collide at speed repetitively, which then sends micro traumas to the brain. So what it means is this is that we have to then manage um, the training regimes to say, right, what we'll do now instead of having, you know, the crash and bash and the, the sim um, each week, what we'll do is focus on skills. Then... Um, the only time that you have a collision really will be when you play. So that means is that you've reduced um, the amount of time that you are colliding by somewhere like, mm-hmm. you know, four to five hours a week. But, but isn't, isn't there a risk there that if you don't, you know, someone like Ron Barassi used to say, if you don't train the way you want to play, then you'll struggle on game day. I mean, I mean you know, one of the things I used to find was with training, it was never quite mm-hmm. the same as playing at a game because your own teammates really want to sort of bury you, but your opponents do. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, Statistically, what we've found is that if you have a look at the winningest teams um, throughout the US that um, use this system, they actually are the ones that have brought in the no-collision-based you know, training. 
So what it means is that these guys turn up fresh, fit, and ready to go. Because if you continually, you know, pummel people, then you know your body mm. um, and your mind, you know, is stressed. So if you turn up every Saturday and you're ready to go, you're fit and fresh, then you know the results flow. Okay. Now, what what, what does this lawsuit actually want to achieve? Is it there to actually change the way concussions are diagnosed and treated, and to change training loads, as you've said? Or is it just give us some money because we need help with our lives? Like, what exactly are they hoping to achieve? Yeah. Well, look, um, and, I'll, and, and I'm on the record with this. Uh, my view is uh, we shouldn't be in court. That we should have a system whereby we sit down with you know the AFL and we work out where we need to help and assist players. Because basically, what uh, we are dealing with at the moment, right? Since I first started this campaign, fifty young men under thirty have you know, retired. So that means is that you know, you've got these 50 young men who have a um, you know, career of uh, which they can't participate in. In fact, most of them can't work of about 35 years. So, you know, um, there's no workers' comp and there's no other basic um, insurance at this moment mm. that uh, they can use. So what I'm saying to you, I, I think my own personal view is this. I don't think that um, we should be in a class class action. That only came about because we couldn't get any sense out of you know the AFL what they should be doing, meeting with us, um, doing it on a sensible basis, and then we won't be in court. But what we'll do is create long term solutions rather than short term problems. Yeah, and and finally and very quickly, I mean at the moment the AFL standard is if you're diagnosed with a concussion, you have to stay out of the game for twelve days. I've spoken mm-hmm. to people who say that should be at least three weeks. Is, th- is that the sort mm-hmm. of change that might eventuate out of this? Look, the science and medicine that we've seen has said that. And, you know, what, what we have to do is this. Um, stop the AFL from trying to have a plausible um, uh, de- deniability you know, paradigm. But, look, what we really need to focus on is prevention. You know, and that is what we need to do. Well, as I say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Peter Jess, thank you for your time. Good on you. Thanks, Tom. Peter Jess, uh, AFL player manager, wide experience in sports law. I just don't know where this is going to go. It it may well be that everybody sits down and says, let's train better and let's, I don't know, make some minor changes to the game and that will hopefully reduce concussion or it could change the game as we know it.